We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So as we get closer and closer to this month's NFL Draft, the plot continues to thicken for the Ravens and their ongoing contract dispute with Lamar Jackson. In Jeff Zarebik's latest piece published on The Athletic, he takes a look at what would be the worst-case scenario from a team perspective regarding Lamar's timeline. I'll dive into all of that just ahead. I'm Bobby Trossett, solo podcasting while Sarah and her family are in Japan. Week 2, it is Tuesday, April 4th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault. So NFL Network's Ian Rappaport provided a rather optimistic update about what he's hearing related to Lamar's ongoing negotiations with the Ravens and even went as far as to give his prediction for where number eight ultimately ends up. Plus, somehow the Ravens are still in on Odell Beckham Jr. And hey, while I continue to have my doubts for reasons I've cited many times on the podcast, ESPN's Adam Schefter reported new information Monday about Baltimore's latest OBJ efforts. We have all that more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news in about 15 minutes. So in Jeff Zarebeck's latest piece published on The Athletic, he outlines what would unquestionably be the worst case scenario from the Ravens perspective when it comes to their ongoing predicament with Lamar Jackson. As Jeff highlights right off the top, one of the advantages that came with placing the non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar was supposed to be the possibility of it resolving the disagreement between the two parties by opening the door for other suitors, other teams, to present offer sheets to number eight that Baltimore almost certainly then would have matched. But as we all know, that hasn't happened, and the Ravens have essentially had their hands tied ever since as a result. They've mostly operated in the past couple of weeks like a team trying to preserve salary cap space just in case Jackson signs an offer sheet elsewhere and they have to match. That's to use a direct quote of Jeff's. But really, throughout this entire process, haven't we operated under the assumption that Steve Bashotti and the Ravens would absolutely match an offer sheet as opposed to letting their 26-year-old former unanimous MVP walk in exchange for just two first-round picks? I mean, I've certainly been in that boat, but again, 
as each day passes and the NFL draft nears, two first-rounders looks more and more appealing, not to mention an extra boost of $32.4 million in cap space that is obviously currently being occupied by the non-exclusive tag. And But again, where is this offer sheet even coming from? I mean, you got me. I think Sarah's done a thorough job while on vacation, mind you, of documenting just about every team that could theoretically be in the running for Lamar, and every single one of them has their sights set elsewhere, at least for the time being. Now, Jeff goes on to acknowledge that if for some reason the Indianapolis Colts don't walk away from this year's draft satisfied with their future quarterback, and as we know, they currently sit with the fourth overall selection and will likely have their choice between Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, then you would think, right, if they don't end up being satisfied, you would think their next best option is to draw up an offer sheet for number eight. But this is where it gets a little hairy for Baltimore. Any offer sheet that were to come in post-draft, does the Ravens no good for acquiring picks in 2023, right? I mean, that's obvious. Meaning, if they were to let Lamar walk after April 29th, day three of the draft, they'd essentially be riding with Tyler Huntley as QB1 for 2023. Anthony Brown would be the primary backup, which I think we can probably all agree is not a winning formula. So when we reference this worst-case scenario from the Ravens' perspective, it boils down to this. Unless Lamar and the Ravens agree on an extension, things are going to get tricky for the team, and they're going to get tricky fast. If not one offer sheet or a logical trade offer comes in, Baltimore is going to be left in limbo wondering whether Lamar opts to play on the non-exclusive tag or sits out the 2023 season. Now, if he were to sign an offer sheet post-draft, Eric DaCosta's front office would find itself having to decide between potentially committing to a contract not in their favor in the event of a match or allowing number eight to walk with no concrete plan at quarterback in the immediate future. And that, that is nightmarish from a team perspective. But still to come here on the vault, despite everything I just covered, and a special hat tip shout out to Jeff Zarebeck, as always, for great work. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport expressed quite a bit of optimism during his Monday segment on the Pat McAfee show, and he even offered his prediction based on who he's spoken to recently when it comes to Lamar's future in Baltimore. Stay tuned. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So again, I know it may seem odd to now be covering some optimism surrounding Lamar and the Ravens, right? Like given the chances of Jeff's worst case scenario potentially playing out. But NFL Network's Ian Rappaport did provide a rather positive update based on his recent reporting for where he feels the two sides are. Listen to this. You know, Lamar Jackson, what's going to happen? I know, you know, the Ravens had been negotiating with him and he kind of reiterated his trade request. That is where it stands. I know they want to get a deal done. It does seem like his trade request is more like, I'd like to get a deal done with the Ravens for the right amount. And if that doesn't work, then trade me. That's kind of what it feels like more than just like, I hate all these people. Get me out of here. Trade me. Oh, um, it, interesting. You know, read the relationship is really his letter to his fans. Yeah, his letters to his fans did not feel like that. But I'm. Ha- I bet you a lot of Ravens fans are going to be happy to hear what you just said. I've talked to a lot of people. I've kind of canvassed yeah, the landscape of this. A lot of people. There yeah. may be. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, bust over. There is. Uh, oh, really? You know, look. There are situ- some. There are situations <laughs> where theoretically I could see a deal getting done, like an offer sheet from some team. But to me, the most likely is. He comes back to the Ravens. His market seems to be the best with the Ravens. Other teams know how good he is, but I do feel like the Ravens, like, that's their guy. So, you know, he can – the letter was was what it was, and I thought his point was definitely noted. Um, but it does seem to me that best case for all, he lands back with the Ravens on a really nice deal. So what I found to be most notable from Ian's segment there is the fact that this comes in the aftermath of last week's punch. Right, the punch that Lamar and his camp threw by choosing to officially announce his trade request just as John Harbaugh was sitting down to meet with reporters at the owners' meetings. Now, before we go any further, let's quickly revisit something that Jeff Zarebic shared during his interview with PressBox last week. Let me answer in this way, Stan. There's a couple things that have happened along the way where I've said, man, Steve Bashotti must not be happy. Um, he does not, you know, he does not like the franchise to be embarrassed. He does not like the decision makers to be embarrassed. We all know that Steve and John Harbaugh are very close, right? And John getting ambushed like he did with that Lamar tweet five seconds before he sat down to meet where the media, where he had to answer 36 questions on Lamar's trade request, I have to think Steve Bashotti was seething. That, you know, I didn't I didn't hear, but I, I know that did not hit some people in the organization right. And I imagine it started at the very top. I um, you know, John and Eric have worked very hard to speak positively about Lamar, to protect him, to fight back on some of the criticisms on him. And uh, yeah, they haven't agreed right now. Excuse me. They haven't agreed right now on the amount of money, 
but they've still been very positive, very protective, and very complimentary about Lamar. They're basically the only people who you're hearing positive quotes from at the moment. So I can't imagine that's that sat too well. And there have been other instances, but that in particularly hit me as something that, wow, I can't imagine. It's, it's going to be a little bit of a challenge to come back from that, I would say. So that's why I found Ian's update to be compelling, because that's where we left things off last week. Ian's reporting suggests that, yes, while things absolutely ramped up last week, and it sure seems like some within the organization weren't pleased with Lamar's online approach as an attempt to gain leverage, this is still just business. Now, how long does just business get drawn out? Well, that remains to be seen. But one date to keep in mind that we keep reiterating is July 17th. That's the deadline for Lamar to sign a long-term extension in Baltimore or in any other market for that matter. After July 17th, he can then sign a one-year offer sheet or the non-exclusive franchise tag all the way up until week 10 of this season. So as Odell Beckham Jr.'s free agency tour continues... ESPN's Adam Schefter covered the latest as of Monday afternoon. The Baltimore Ravens have met with Odell Beckham Jr. They presented him their own offer. We'll see which Odell Beckham Jr. finds more interesting, but it certainly sounds like it's the Jets, it's the Ravens, maybe the Rams still would have an interest, but those at this point in time would be the obvious landing spots for Odell Beckham Jr. and what has been one of the longest free agent recruitments that we've ever seen. So I continue to have my doubts as to whether the Ravens are legitimate players in the OBJ sweepstakes. I've mentioned this many times before, primarily due to their uncertainty at quarterback. But as you just heard, this front office is serious about making a run at him and they've gone as far as to present an official offer. Now, a report as recently as this past Sunday indicated that Odell is seeking a one-year $15 million deal, which is down considerably from the $20 million he originally was believed to have wanted. Now, if I were a betting man, I'd say he's waiting for the Packers and Jets to finalize trade compensation for Aaron Rodgers, before ultimately making his decision to go back where it all began for him in New York. OBJ knows that Aaron probably only has a couple more years left in the NFL, and the two have long expressed their desire to play with one another. Now, you've heard me say this before, and I'm going to say it again now. At this point in Odell's career, lifestyle and the business and brand side of football seems to be very high on his priority list. And I think market size means something to him and his personality, and it obviously doesn't get any bigger than playing in the Big Apple. Now, although technically MetLife Stadium is in the Meadowlands, so you know what I mean, but to me, that's where this is going. I see OBJ ending up as a Jet, but the biggest takeaway here is simple. The Ravens and their front office and Todd Munkin, who worked with OBJ in Cleveland for a season in 2019, they're making a run at him. It remains to be seen whether or not that run will be good enough, but they're trying. And before I fly, some other quick news items beginning with this scheduling nugget to mark on your calendars accordingly. 
The Ravens' annual Liars Luncheon will be held on Wednesday. Eric DaCosta, John Harbaugh, and company, typically Director of Player Personnel Joe Hortiz, will throw on their best poker faces and answer questions about the upcoming NFL draft. And I'm sure a few will be sprinkled in related to Lamar Jackson as well. The team currently only has five total selections coming up later this month. So, so let's see if they have anything in the works in the coming weeks or perhaps trading back at number 22 overall in the first round could be in the cards as well. In other news, former Ravens quarterbacks coach and run game coordinator Craig Versteeg, they've been reassigned to senior football analyst and game planning roles, and that's according to the coaching page on BaltimoreRavens.com. And finally, more from Jeff Zarevic's latest via The Athletic. Boy, I'm going to have to send him an invoice. This is the Jeff episode, but the Ravens may be looking for quarterback depth in this year's draft. And aside from the obvious choice in Georgia's Stetson Bennett being that he and Todd Munkin worked together, had a ton of success together, by the way. Uh, Jeff gathered a few other names based on some of his recent reporting. Stanford's Tanner McKee, Fresno State's Jake Hayner, Purdue's Aiden O'Connell, and Houston's Clayton Toon are all developmental quarterbacks projected to go either late on day two or on day three with the uncertainty surrounding Jackson and Huntley eligible to hit unrestricted free agency next offseason, this feels like a good year to bring in a young quarterback, close quote. Thanks for listening to The Morning Vault. We created our show to keep you plugged into all things Ravens. If you've been enjoying our content, please consider joining one of our membership platforms at patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast. As you probably know by now, we have been betting on ourselves by creating content independently from any big broadcast station or corporation. And with your membership support, you'll give us a chance to keep churning out daily Ravens content for years to come. And a special shout out to two of our returning patrons this month, Dion Coleman and Lisa Schaffner. We appreciate you both for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore. We'd also love to hear from everyone, whether you're a patron or not, with comments, questions, or if you'd ever be interested in advertising. You can reach us by email via BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. And that is all the time we've got today. But I'll be back on Wednesday with the Ravens news you need to know. <laughs>